Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, which is the easiest way to live? By sight. Absolutely. Live according to what we can see. But God designed our lives to be lived the other way. The other option is faith. And the most exciting way to live, it isn't the easiest, but the most exciting way to live is to live by faith. Simply trusting the promises of God. You've heard the saying, seeing is believing, right? And that seems to work for most of life. There are things you take on faith, like that water is made up of hydrogen and oxygen atoms. But what about the daily living you do? What about getting the answers to the big questions of life? Where do you get answers for those? Who can you trust to give you really good answers for those? In his message today, Pastor Mark will be teaching that the place to look for the best answers is God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message, The Faith of Abraham. chapter 11. If you go down to verse 8, again, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Now, what if, as you get there, what if this passage read like this? Verse 8. By hyping himself up, And then pulling himself up by his bootstraps, Abraham, when called, went to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. What if it read that way? Well, for many Christians, many Christ followers, that would make sense. We get ourselves revved up, we're ready to go, whatever God says, and in the flesh we're going to do that. Well, that's not what the scripture says. Notice the first two words. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed, not by getting hyped up, but by faith. What is faith? Here's the definition, you know it. Simply complete confidence that God will do what he said he promised. All of a sudden, one day, God came to a man sovereignly named Abram. God was going to establish a nation. 
the nation of Israel and use it to change the known world. Well, before you have a nation, you have to have a leader, a human leader. Sovereignly, God chose Abram, a pagan. And then, as you know, and you can turn if you will, just keep your finger there in Hebrews 11. We'll be back there shortly. Go to Genesis chapter 12. God began to say to Abram, here are the promises I'm going to make you. Now, Abram didn't know at the time, we know now because of the Bible, that God cannot lie. So Abram simply believed the promises. You'll see later, many of these Old Testament people believe the promises of God never received the fulfillment of that promise. Well, in Genesis 12, look at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Here's the promises. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So this is the Abrahamic covenant. Six special promises from God. When Abraham looked at it, Well, some of them looked pretty good, but one of those was absolutely impossible. God promised Abraham and Sarah a child, a son. From them, the nation would be built. Well, already at that point, we know that Sarah's barren. It's an impossibility. So all of these promises came to Abraham, and he had one choice. He has the same choice that you and I have tonight. You can either believe them or don't believe them. And the scripture says, by faith, Abraham believed these promises. Complete confidence that what God had just said, he would do. Well, that is the premise of how all of us are to live. Let me remind you of a verse that we quote, we say, we put songs to it. It's simply in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says this. We live, or the Greek word really means to walk, it's a lifestyle. We live by faith, not by sight. So this isn't new. There's only, notice, if you look at that, there's only two ways to live. Either by sight or by By faith. Now, which is the easiest way to live? By sight. Absolutely. Live according to what we can see. But God designed our lives to be lived the other way. The other option is faith. And the most exciting way to live, it isn't the easiest, but the most exciting way to live is to live by faith. Simply Trusting the promises of God. If you're a Christ follower here, we really do live and bet our lives on the promises of God. Now, why do I say that? Why did we gather here? Why are these students from Lee College here? Going to the beach, witnessing, doing some work around. Why would they take their spring break to do that? You see... None of us in this room have ever seen God. 
None of us in this room have ever seen Jesus. None of us ever met one of the writers of this. We don't know any of them. None of us have an original manuscript of any of the books of the Bible. But when we felt an emptiness in our heart, God put it there. We took a step of faith. We trusted the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and all his other authors. And we simply trusted God to save us. God did. We made the right decision. So we are living by faith. In fact, as I said, we're betting or banking eternity. Our eternity. When I die, I'm banking that what this says is right. The other option is to say it isn't right. And those people are betting that. I believe there's more credibility, obviously, to this than my own thinking. So the wise thing to do, and the only way to live, is actually as we are. Many of us don't realize we are living by faith. Because there is no proof. Don't be concerned about that. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and haven't seen. He said that to Thomas, remember? So that's how we live. And we are to walk by faith. Abraham made the right choice. He believed in the promises of God. And then he stepped out into faith. Now, I thought about this a lot this week. Since he was a pagan and God came to him, he believed in all kinds of gods. That's the kind of nature in that land, or the Chaldees, what it was like. Well, before he stepped out, what did he have to really believe? Not just the promises of God. He had to really believe in the character and the nature of God. I believe, number one, he had to believe that God was the one true God. You see, that's not too hard for us here in America. But when I just came back from India, where there's millions of gods... That's very difficult for them. For us, it's kind of like a no-brainer. Number two, I believe that Abraham had to believe God was all-knowing and all-powerful. Why would you believe in the promises if you were a pagan and God came to you and he said, from you, from you, I'm going to build a great nation. The whole world will know it. Now, how would you believe that other than the one telling you that is all-knowing and all-powerful. Third, this is another whole teaching, but can't do it except crunch it in. I believe Abraham knew God's plan for him was better than his own plan. See, before God came to him, Abraham had his own plan for his life. Here's how he was going to go. Here's what he was going to do. He changed it all. Do you believe that God's plan for you is better than your own plan? If you don't, you will not walk by faith. You will try to do your own thing. And last, I believe that Abram understood that God was for him and was not against him. You see, if you believe God's against you, then you have a wrong concept of God. And wrong theology always ends up in wrong walking. You won't walk by 
faith. You won't take those steps of faith. So if we don't believe these basics that I just told you about, God's the one true God, God's all-knowing and all-powerful, God has a plan for you and you and you and you and me way better than my plan, unless God's for me, he's not against me. If I don't do that, then I'll never be a person of faith. And if I'm never a person of faith, I can never please God. But if you back that up, if you believe in those things, the character and the nature of God, then I will be a person of faith, and I automatically please God. And that's what Abraham did. He believed the promises of God. Now back to Hebrews chapter 11. Now he didn't just believe it. This is the problem in the church. Doesn't matter what church it is, doesn't matter where we're at, doesn't matter what part of the world. Basically, in our society today, the church says we're people of faith. But faith isn't enough. There needs to be active faith. Faith says, I believe. Active faith says, I believe enough to obey. So look at, again, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went. Notice, even though... He did not know where he was going. So active faith is acting upon what God asks us to do. I came across this this week and I thought it was really good. Faith never stands around with its hands in its pockets. See, people say, I have faith. What are you doing about it? Nothing. Did God tell you to do something? Yes. Do you believe him? Yes. What are you doing? Nothing. That's not faith. That's just words. Now, look at 9. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. So God promised the land of Cana to Abraham. But really, the only piece of property that Abraham ever got was a tomb he bought to bury relatives. That was it. And so his whole lifestyle was living in a tent. You know kind of what a tent's like. Some of you probably have great memories, and then you have some other not great memories about tents. Am I right? I remember going to the Smoky Mountains with family in tents. Rained for like 28 days in a row. I thought we were Noah or something. <laughs> tents don't float, by the way. Okay, she didn't know that. But they lived in tents. Vance Habner says this, If you are a Christian, you're not a citizen of this world trying to get to heaven. No, if you're a Christian, you're a citizen of heaven making your way through this world. Very different philosophy. So Abram is a picture of a pilgrim, a foreigner, a nomad an alien, a stranger. The first thing you need to write concerning that lifestyle is this. Christ followers were all to be pilgrims, people in transit, not getting our roots down too deep here. We're on our way to our final destination. In that day, a tent symbolized being flexible, being obedient, 
a light touch. A tent is easily moved. So when God would say it's time to move, it wouldn't be difficult. Up come the stakes, the rope is tied, the tent is folded, and on we go. Pilgrims, that's what you are, that's what I am, that's our mentality. It doesn't mean we don't have roots for family and church, but in this world, it means that we live as in transit. Remember, we're a citizen of heaven, simply making our way through the earth to heaven. Now, let me give you some keys for pilgrims. Number one, pilgrims know God's priorities and keep them. Let me read to you Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart focused? Is your heart focused only on this world? Is there an understanding that you're just really a pilgrim, that I'm just passing through, and I want to make the most use of my life as I'm passing through? Psalm 84.5 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. We have to be careful not to get sidetracked with temporal things. We need to set our heart on what God is doing while we're traveling this earth. You know the verse well. Seek first his kingdom. Everything else is added to us. Now, on the day that we live, going through times of difficulty financially in our country, and maybe even a recession, people don't like to talk about the R word, but probably we're very close to that. Warren Buffett, one of the billionaires, says, you can say what you want. He says, we are in a recession. When those times come, we all know that things don't matter as much, do they? We learn how to get by a little simpler. Well, just coming back from India and Singapore, that's not difficult. That's the lifestyle there. But for you and I, this downturn, for some, is difficult. Actually, it's a very good time spiritually for us to refocus. What is really important? It isn't all the things that sometimes we count important. If you read any of the journals, you understand that many, many businesses, car dealers, obviously real estate, restaurants, whatever, all these things are affected. People do what? They brown bag it. They make their car last a year or two. You just don't pop in your car and decide to head somewhere. Now you kind of what? Think about it. 
And of course, if you have teenagers, they don't get a clue. They're just going to drive anywhere. So you, you kind of got to have to work with them a little bit. Coming back from Singapore, it's not difficult for me to think that way. Singapore, it's about $9 a gallon. Do you think that would affect where you drive? Yes. Number one, what would be the size of your automobile? You got it. Can I get in, please, and sit down? That's about what the automobiles are like. Well, at nine bucks a gallon, that's the way it goes. So this lifestyle that we're so used to here, we enjoy it. I enjoy it. But we have to be careful to have a light touch. We're just traveling through. All of this stuff is going to be gone. All of it's going to be gone. Now, the next thing I think that's important for us is this. Pilgrims use their time wisely. Since I'm passing through, I want to use my time wisely. Notice Psalm 39.4. David says, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. If you're a pilgrim, from that verse, understand this key. Our days are numbered. Matthew 6.11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. How many times will you have to do this life right? Tell me. How many? One. Are you living like it? You see, we don't get to come back again. This is it. It's hard to get that in our mind, isn't it? Because we think tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Now, as you get older, we discover this, that all of a sudden time just begins to... And those of you with young children, you'll be shocked how quick you're at their high school graduation. It'll blow you away. Those of us that are past that can't believe that we have grandchildren. And I look at these kids from Lee College and I go, I'm getting younger. (laughs) Not really. But even you teenagers and students, you have one shot at this. It'll go like that. So what do we want to do? We want to use our time wisely. The most valuable thing you have is your time. That's what's going to count. This quote from Helen Keller, I think, is beautiful. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. But too many people settle for nothingless instead of passionate living. They sell their souls to buy comfort and security. They fear risk and failure. They live accidentally, not deliberately. They let rules, boredom, or weariness steal their passion. And once they do, they play life safe. Are you playing life safe? See, if you walk by sight, you play life safe. You want to play life safe risky. And I don't mean foolish, but I mean you want to play life by walking by faith. 
Today, Pastor Mark introduced you to Abram, who would become Abraham, the father of three major religions. You learned how he began his journey from being a pagan to becoming a believer in God to being a follower of God. You learned that this is a journey that God wants all people to take. He wants to have a relationship with everyone. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, The Faith of Abraham. You'll find out how Abraham took baby steps in his faith, going year by year learning to trust God more and more. You'll learn about the biggest leap of faith that Abraham and his wife Sarah would have to make. Pastor Mark will tell you about their success in this leap and the dangers they overcame along the way. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.